0: <laughs> and edit no. edit that make sure you uh, exclude me from this uh, segment here <laughs> that was all Bob's doing <laughs>
1: that was trying to read up on the latest news out of Sudan, where over the weekend on President Biden's orders, the U.S. Embassy in Khartoum was evacuated by military personnel in a dramatic nighttime operation with 100 U.S. troops and three helicopters airlifting out 70 Americans with operational help from Saudi Arabia, Ethiopia, and Djibouti. You see, back in 2019, the Sudanese military orchestrated a coup against the guy who had couped his way to power in 1989 and came to a power-sharing agreement with civilian protesters after the deadly and rape-heavy Khartoum massacre. Whatever peaceful transition that was meant to usher in dissolved in another military coup in 2021, with the Sudanese military this time working to overthrow the government with a paramilitary faction called the RSF, which had grown out of the Sudanese military and split off in 2013. Now, in 2023, those two groups, the Sudanese military and the rival RSF, have been unable to come to a power-sharing agreement, and the East African country appears to be on the brink of civil war. Hundreds of innocent civilians have already paid with their lives, and much more violence is expected in the weeks and months ahead. The Biden administration has told the 16,000 private U.S. citizens estimated to still be in Sudan to, uh, get the hell on out of there? or otherwise batten down the hatches because there's nothing the administration can do for them at the moment. But the more this podcast tried to read about the situation, if this podcast is being honest, the more this podcast's eyes started to glaze over and the mind began to wander and the tabs, though impressively piling up to the right side of the browser, became increasingly less likely to be read. Because...
0: Well, what I I think
1: what you need to know about from a well from a U.S. news perspective is that we really don't give a fuck. <laughs> U.S. is U.S. is late imperial,
0: and we don't know because we don't really want to know.
1: My name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host. That's Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe?
0: Doing well, Bob.
1: Yeah. Here we are. Lori's here too. How are you doing tonight, Lori?
2: Drowning in plastic and trash. Plastic and paper.
1: That's what Plash. Lori's doing. Did you read the New York Times lead op ed this Sunday?
2: No. Oh,
1: well that was the that was the subject matter and we thought we might discuss was that a little about, bit later.
2: The, was it about like a, like hoarding plastic bags? Was it about that?
1: Lori's drowning in plastic and trash. Tonight is Monday, April twenty fourth, twenty twenty-three. Nobody's birthday, so oh, far as I'm concerned. I'm That's sure a it's a lot of people. Plenty of people have there.
2: Yes.
1: No offense, uh, anybody out there whose birthday is today. Happy birthday to you, but nobody in our family for a pleasant change of pace. Abe, uh, I understand you went did some fun stuff this weekend.
0: Yeah, this was kind of a last minute uh weekend trip i went out to uh denver and uh i guess boulder also uh lovely part of the country They got to, um, the mountains uh it's a lot did of fun did you see chris i did not see chris this was a very like it happened in the last like week or so i actually forgot that chris lived in uh denver he moves around so much
1: yeah that uh, happens
0: but no it was it was a lot of fun w- one thing i've noticed uh and um, this is like the beginning of like a bunch of these random weekend trips like uh Montreal next month, uh, and then some place called Aruba in July. When are you going to be in Montreal? Yeah. It's the week after Memorial Day. Okay. So whatever that week is. My brother
1: was just in Montreal.
2: Julia's oh, no going to be there the week after you're there, I think. No kidding. Small world. All right, boys, prepare yourselves. We're about to enter French Canada. Maybe these <laughs>
0: phones are making us all go to the same places. But w- one thing that I'm noticing is, I don't know how Montreal or Aruba will be, but like at least the American cities, there's like two parts to it. One is like the unchangeable part, I guess, like whatever landmark or you know some sort of Mountainous region or like a beach area, like those kind of things are always going to be there. Like Miami, there's always going to be a beach, and Denver is always going to be mountains. And then there's a part that's like it, you might as well be in any city. Like there are there were restaurants and 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 sports bars that I was in that I I could be other than all the hockey that they're playing uh, in Denver. It's like I could be anywhere. This this there's nothing. Yeah, it's all all the restaurants and bars look the same. All the everything just kind of is the same and well, especially you
1: especially the way that like the because the places that you're going to go yeah are going to be very similar because you're going to be heading to the the hip urban downtown the areas part. you're
2: gonna go to the safe the part. college right. the college
1: yeah. town sort of places right It's not to say that—because I'm sure on the show we've had this similar conversation before with me driving up and down the East Coast, and it's like you're in bumblefuck North Carolina, and it's like the difference between bumblefuck North Carolina with its gleaming new Wendy's and literally anywhere else in the world— is is or in the United States anyway. There's no meaningful difference whatsoever. That's right. If you're in bumblefuck wherever with a new gleaming aluminum and glass Wendy's, right. like it's the same it's the same thing where you go to the hip downtown urban center of Charleston, South Carolina, it's not that Like, yes, as you're saying, there they will have the the riverside or whatever. They'll have the the unique local geographical feature. The historic
2: part. Right. But
1: ultimately, it's the same. Everything's the fucking same.
2: Well, and the West is especially a problem because the historic part isn't that old.
0: Yes, that's true, yeah. Like, it yeah. doesn't
2: have the dirt and wear on it that the lovely, normal East Coast cities all have.
1: What sort of a bunch of no-kid-having assholes just pick up and decide, we're going to go to <laughs> Denver and Boulder for the weekend out of nowhere? Well, What is what is wrong little, with you? And sh- there's only,
0: like, three of us. Uh, and one of the people wanted to go, and I have, like, a seemingly inexhaustible number of days to burn. And so anytime yeah. somebody's like, hey let's go there and it's always like okay i can swing <laughs> it i can do it
2: and let's so i go do there what
1: yeah. awful airline did you put yourself on to
0: how dare you uh so <laughs> i i think after some past experience like the the my, my circle of traveling friends uh, all the indian types uh i think they've kind of uh moved away from the cut rate like good so no more no front. more spirit airlines now i would i, I never had yet a ex- bad experience, but they travel more. And the, recently, it's just been like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll pay the extra $50. And then, you know, it's like, what happened with Frontier? It's like, no, Le- Delta is fine. And so we flew Delta. I think the next few trips are all Delta. Uh, nice. We couldn't have any problems. But now it's fun.
1: Are you going to... Why are you going to Aruba?
0: So Aruba is... Sluts. Uh, oh, yeah. So Montreal and Aruba are 40th birthday things. Okay. These... 83 people, I know you're one of them, but, like, you're more of an 82. But, like, everybody that was that turned 40, in, you know, in the Atlanta-based people, uh, hey, my thing, let's go to the SEC, like, watch it at a bar, watch Georgia win. Right. Uh, somebody else was like, let's go to dinner in town for those who can make it. The 83 birthdays are like, let's go to the moon. It's like the most ridiculous trips <laughs> are, like, being planned. And there's still more, like, in August. and the, Too many people are turning 40 this year.
1: But and the, you're already you're already poo pooing all future trips but just hey, they got a Wendy's. <laughs> Let's go. It's hey, what same, difference yeah. does it make?
0: Actually, the the one uh, glaring difference is like you know. Well, this is the same in Atlanta, I'm sure in every other city. But everybody's hiring. Like there's now hiring signs everywhere yeah. all the time. But we went to like a In and Out Burger, and they're paying like twenty dollars an hour to start or something. It's like ridiculous. I mean, they 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 get their money's worth because they, that that place is busy. But that's the one thing that I noticed that was much different. I don't know if they're giving you $20 here in Atlanta.
1: Yeah. Well, there was that there was that stupid Twitter thread that went viral a couple of weeks ago about the, the lady who was super mad that they were trying to hire 15-year-olds at $15 an hour to work at McDonald's or whatever. Uh, it's like, are you out of your fucking mind? You think that those kids who would apply for that job are going to – we're not talking about slave wages here. $15 right. an hour for a 15-year-old is spectacular. What are you right. complaining about? I uh, I had some a devastating thing happened to me this week. Oh. We went out to the town about forty five minutes away for a baseball game, and at that baseball game, I left behind something that has been near and dear to me for I think at least a dozen years or so. It might go back even a little bit longer than that. I know. Was it
2: I at Domino's or Papa John's.
1: I bought it. I'm. Fairly certain I bought it very shortly into my tenure at Domino's. Driving. Yeah, after leaving Papa John's, and I became... I, I was ready to give up drinking sodas. Like it was at the it was yeah. at the turn of my attempt to not die in my fucking twenties. Yeah. Like it was, let's not die in your twenties, you stupid piece of shit. <laughs> uh, like you, you, so, I quit smoking. I quit drinking soda. I started to try to exercise more. And, and a part of me was like, You gotta buy a good water bottle. Because right. you, if you're not gonna drink the sodas anymore, don't talk like that. be responsible and buy a good water bottle. It's, the, it's my inner monologue from when I was 25. What's wrong with that? You, you don't sound
2: like that. Don't talk like that.
1: I did. I sounded much fatter. You didn't. But the, much, you weren't mu-
2: Southern all of a sudden. Much much what are you talking about? Much more don't certain of myself. Voices. By the way, what People a- like
1: my voices.
0: What a spectacular success! Uh, your pivot uh, from the twenties—you're still alive into your forties. Yeah,
1: still alive. Obviously, everything worked.
0: Although now, uh, if uh, health your health uh, deteriorates, it's it's going to be the magical bottle. You'll have to go. He for would that. have right. no idea so because is, he doesn't
2: I go to the to, doctor.
1: I went yeah. to one of the like those. There was this place at in Five Points. It was some sort of like uh, a place uh, where you could buy a bunch stuff. of like camping stuff and like, like North an REI Face gear. Type? Right, you get like a, uh, some. It wasn't REI, but it was like a local sort of REI. Blue
2: Moon, Blue Moon. Yeah, Outfitters? Blue Moon
1: Outfitters. Fantastic memory by Lori. Spectacular.
2: I have a really good memory.
1: Anyway, they sold Nalgene bottles there, in addition to like those stupid two hundred dollar, ugly patterned Patagonia sweaters. Uh, bought an Nalgene bottle there. I stuck a Jittery Joe's orange flaming coffee cup sticker on it, and had been using it basically daily since for like at least 12 years possibly even longer than that and i left it next to the dugout in gordonsville virginia and it was it was just heartbreaking and i I, like i it was to the point it was already like nearly nine o'clock on the drive home from this baseball game i was halfway home i was like We might just have to turn around and go search the dugout for the Nalgene bottle because like it I I couldn't fathom my life without it. And then I remembered these assholes had padlocks on all of the entrances to this baseball field. And like we had to wait for somebody to come just to let us in at 5.30 in the afternoon. So, like, the only way that I was going to get it would be to have to, like, scale a 12-foot fence in order to get this stupid (laughs) Nalgene bottle back and probably get uh, some fucking hick cop uh, be wondering what the fuck I'm doing breaking into the baseball field at 9 o'clock at night. And uh, you try to explain.
2: I need my water (laughs) bottle. Right,
1: forgot my water bottle. Uh, So I'm from the city. Probably just leave it. Uh, You don't understand, officer. It's very important water bottle. Uh,
2: It's important to hydrate. You shouldn't drink so much soda.
1: Anyway, uh, with great excitement, I ordered a replacement Nalgene on the internet this week. And I even, you see, I got myself some stickers. Ah, nice. I got a a little Ugga sticker, and now it says Georgia on the side there, too. So it looks like a fancy... Looks like I paid $45 for a fancy not. Georgia Nalgene, but it does instead, not
2: look like that.
1: It does. It looks professionally applied. These not are Not with
2: that lime green top it doesn't. No, I just have
1: to replace the lime green top. That's the easy fix.
2: It doesn't It looks like you put stick. It doesn't look bad, but it doesn't look like you got a Georgia Nalgene bottle. Great
1: advances oh. in Nalgene oh. technology, by the way. Is this? There's this silicone like
2: that's not an advance
1: sipper thing that's that I there. saw while I was buying the buying the thing on Amazon, and for like four dollars. I just bought this piece of silicone and it just sits in there and I can just sip it. it that's like, maybe, been a
2: thing that exists for. Remember when I went to I Europe in 2006?
1: Any, I got none of my. I went liquid to
2: Europe in 2006 and Julia body. had one of those. Because
1: though it was an algae that I've been using for like 15 years. I still frequently would sip from the Nalgene and just end up splashing yeah, right. my chest.
2: Yeah. It's just because you're dumb. Yeah, yeah, sure. There's,
0: there's no uh, chance that you, this will last as long, right?
1: This is what I was saying to my kids. Uh, right. My kids were like, as I said, I've had this Nalgene for like 15 years, and I had to get a new one. And Calvin's like, oh. Well, if you have that one for 15 years, you'll be
2: dead. You'll
1: be 65 by the time by the time you lose it. I was like, you want to try that? You want to try that math again, asshole? He's like, oh, oh yeah, 55. Uh, and I no said, "No
2: treats for you, I <laughs> s- sir."
1: I said to them, uh, "You're gonna bury me with this water bottle. You're gonna when when you're when you're at my funeral, you're gonna be slipping it in my coffin." Is how I'm, much I'm not going to lose this water bottle.
0: Hopefully, it's not the cause of your death. Like so, my dad was trying to fetch. He thought he was a spry 39, but he's really <laughs> in his right. 50s and he's dead.
1: Anyway, that was my big. Uh, Adventure and water bottles. I have uh, long advocated for everyone to be given either a Nalgene or a stainless steel hydrating device, and that's the end of it. We just yeah. stop making new drinkware. Right. Uh, this is it's just it's completely out of control. You're, what
2: happens when they lose it?
1: Uh, you just you, everybody's got one, so you just get one that somebody else lost, or you can get a after 15 years, you can get a new one uh, at that point. But. Uh, I don't know. We, we gotta do something. Uh, the, the plastic water bottle, half of our uh, cabinet is full of goddamn plastic water bottles but- that are meant to replace. All of the other plastic in our lives, but we accumulate them at such a ludicrous rate that like, you can't tell me that this is actually helping anything right. in terms of the environment. Half our house is just going to be uh, different stainless steel and plastic hydrating devices, and then you feel bad about getting rid of Why them or throwing them away. Why did you let me
2: then leave the Starbucks one in Denver where it belongs?
1: Uh, because that was a really nice one. I didn't want to just let that
2: You don't be, use you know? it, though.
1: It's good content here Daddy, off the top. You're
2: the worst right now. <laughs> uh,
1: the baseball drama is not just about losing Nalgene water bottles. I want to pose a uh, scenario to you here, Abe.
2: Right. Are we talking about this stuff instead of boring news?
1: I mean, we're also going to talk about boring news.
2: Let's. What if we Although talk Abe, about less as, boring l- l- news? Real
1: quick, let's blow through. Uh, we have to cover the, the Sudan. Abe, as our... East African <laughs> correspondent, do you have anything whatsoever to add to uh, my rundown of what's going on in Sudan right now?
0: No, I think you pretty much covered it. Uh, although I will say, uh, Sudan uh, is like a lot of these countries where I was thinking of like is it he- hemophiliacs, like the one the the they can oh, their blood can't clot. Like it seems like they try to give yes. democracy or some semblance of it a go. And it just doesn't take. It never takes. Because somebody's like, well, fuck it. I'll just shoot my way to the to power. What, why am I going to leave it up to these bozos? And so I don't know if that's going to be fixed anytime soon. It seems like they're just going to be doing this little power grab, and uh, everybody will be worse off for it. Uh, so I don't know if things will improve in Sudan is, is my take. That's
1: the, that's the full CIB rundown that's right. of uh, what's going on in Sudan. All right, back to uh, Little League Baseball. So, uh, we're getting our asses kicked, and it's fine. Like, whatever. The kids can't play defense. It's, it's, it's been a rough last couple of games. We got one win this week and a couple of, couple of big losses. Totally fine. we not get
2: a win this week.
1: We did. We won out in Gordonsville. Oh,
2: I guess in Gordonsville. That was last week, though.
1: Oh, sure. It's Monday. What, what is the argument here, lady? Anyway. All right. So, here's the thing. When we started the season, we were under the impression that our starters— had to play for two innings and bat twice before they could be subbed out. That you had to go through the order two times before your starters were permitted to be removed.
0: Regardless of how poorly they're faring initially. Right. Okay.
1: And so that was what we were operating under. The reason that we were under that impression is because that's what we were told before the first game by somebody, we don't really remember who because this league is so poorly administered and so so poorly run that we didn't have a preseason meeting going through the very bare basics of what the rules are going to be. When I asked, because I have a minor league team and I have a major league team, I was like, can I get a printout of the rules that we're going to be following this season? I was told uh, for minors, yes, eventually. For majors, just follow the the tournament rules as established by Little League Baseball, which is the, the overarching national organization. Okay. Which is a fine thing to say, except in order to get those rules, first of all, you have to pay $2 for the app, and they don't really print a book anymore. I think you can get one from Amazon, but it's like $15 or something, but like whatever. I will uh, get the app, which I did last year, and then I went through and I read – I read the entire rule book, which is uh, like famously the baseball rule book is like an impenetrable Bible, basically of like subsections and like notes, and then like bureaucratic rulings on the note on the rule with a uh, like a special box. It's like in 2014, the Little League World Series administrators ruled that this rule uh, also applies to this other rule, and it's like oh geez, yeah. like. The the chances that I'm going to uh even somebody who's paid attention and watched and lived and breathed baseball for my entire life, as far back as I can remember, like having all of this stuff at my immediate command is unlikely. And so having read through the entire rule book once, I either missed it or I, I didn't fully absorb that it's actually two defensive innings and one at bat, and then the person can be subbed. And so when the person that we were talking to before the first game accidentally said the wrong thing, where it's two defensive innings and two at bats, it didn't register in my head that they were wrong. So the two at bats thing is what stuck in our heads, me and the and the other coach. It's like, okay, fine. So that's what we have to deal with. And what you realize is that in a game that you're getting your ass kicked where they're cycling through the lineup a bunch and your team is just making outs. It takes four innings or six innings to cycle through the entire lineup twice, right? Because there's nine players. If you just make three straight outs, then that's only three players. So it's three innings to get all the way through the lineup one time. And so by the time that you can actually substitute anyone in, uh, in the, the rule book in our heads the game is practically over, right? Right. So that was what we were operating under. And these kids weren't getting nearly as much playing time, the the ones who start the game on the bench, as we wanted them to. Because we thought we were doing the right thing and following the rules and, and, and making sure that we got through the lineup twice. Uh, at the end of the last game, when one of our kids didn't get in at all, his father screams from the sideline like right as the the last pitch is made and we shake hands he's like so and so get your stuff and the whole stadium can hear him right because he wasn't gonna allow his kid to be around the team any longer like for the the post-game breakdown where we talk to each other and we we, we go you know you talk about what happened during the game or whatever right. Uh, And then after we go through all that process, he walks up to the other coach and he just lays into him about playing time and about how you're not even following the rules. Because I talked to the guy and the guy said it's twice through the batting order and only one at bat. And it's like just the guy is just standing there yelling in his face. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah, I can Uh, imagine. Yeah. And it's like ultimately the guy was was right on the rule book but like we didn't know that and so we feel terrible and like there's now there's like official complaints the same kid's mother sent a lengthy email some other kid's mother also sent an email About and the like same everybody's issue.
0: similar right, issue not the same exact time. issue okay
1: and the implication in the written communication that was also delivered to the league is like these kids are being singled out to not play for who Reasons. knows what reason. Right. And yeah. it was left open as as a who knows what reason kind of situation. The, the problem is that the, uh, the young men... The
2: reason is that they're black, Abe. ...in
1: question oh, happened to be...
2: Unfortunate turn of events. Right. So, like,
1: on top of everything else... This was not made like uh, to be absolutely clear. This was not an explicit accusation of racial bias, right. but undeniably, in the subtext of the entire thing, there's that going on, right. right? And so, on top of feeling bad about shortchanging these kids, on top of feeling bad because, like, and I don't know the other the, the other coach's heart, but like, I know my own, and yeah. the and the answer is like the last thing that I want in these games. Far more than like not care like, yes, I would like to win, but like I don't care ultimately right. yeah. about whether or not, like in the moment, I want to win the games, yeah. but like the moment that the game is over, I don't care at all about yeah. whether or not we won the game. What I care about is whether or not these kids had a good experience playing baseball or, or and getting to be on the team.
2: It also has to be said that the vibe of the whole organization from my experience, has been very much a bunch of dudes just wanting kids to like baseball. Like, yeah. it's all of them. It's just everybody just loves baseball, and they know it's dying, yeah. and they just want everybody to love it and have fun. Like, they seem to really, really want it. It's right. so sweet.
1: The long story short here is is basically one of, like, why nepotism is bad. And so like, it's like the watching Succession last night, it was kind of funny where like Greg shows up in front of all of the Swedes and the, the big Swede boss is like, wait, wait, there's another one of them. Yeah. And he makes some crack about incest and, yeah. and blowjobs or something. Like it's not clear because they did it in another language and didn't give you subtitles. But like, that's sort of our situation with the little league, which is that the people who are in charge, the administrators are all one family. And so, like, they've been running it for such a long time that the other coaches who aren't me, basically, are all friends. And so, like, there's this social network of a, a very insular bunch of people who have been running this league for a very long time who feel no need whatsoever to do any of the administrative bureaucratic work That you would typically expect of a sort of semi professional organization where you have to all collectively follow the same rules and be on the same page with things. There's none of that. And like, this is something, this like, uh, you gotta play them for two innings and they gotta bat once and then they have to be subbed or they can be subbed. And by the way, anybody who shows up to a game must play two innings and must bat at least once. It's called mandatory play, it is uh, foundational to everything that we're doing here. And uh, yes, while we have starters and bench players now in the majors as opposed to the minors when you don't really have that concept, uh, we still are encouraging. And, and the whole point here is still to get everybody on the field in every game no matter what. Like that that is so fundamental to the experience of the Little League apparently, but it was never communicated to us. And right. it's like so clearly the sort of thing that in order to make sure that uh, first of all – Coaches can fucking handle their teams, uh, but but more importantly, that kids don't have their hearts broken by the fact that they're not getting into games when their expectation is they're supposed to get into every game. And like at the same time, our expectation is to get them into every game. But according to the rules that we thought we were following, that proved basically impossible. If we're getting our asses kicked, but- and it's just re- it's just really frustrating to know that. Because of a breakdown in the administration of the league, all of these kids get their feelings hurt, and we get accused of things that are just like patently ridiculous on their face when all I care about the reason that I can't sleep at night for months during little league season is that I'm scared to death that these kids are having a bad time uh, It's like the last thing that i right. want
0: let me uh so two questions one um when this parent who was upset was taken out this frustration on the other coach like who settled that issue like did the umpire or somebody like did somebody weigh in and said actually what that guy is saying is true like
1: no so did- this was after the g- this was after the game there's no umpire there's no anybody to settle anything I quietly walked in the other direction. Yeah. Like, I am not getting in the middle of this. Uh,
0: <laughs> like, he's got it. <laughs> like right. He's, got he's clearly
1: <laughs> got this under control, this long tirade of abuse that he's being subjected to. Uh, so, uh, ultimately, it was adjudicated by the league because the mom, the that guy's wife, sends a long email, uh, like, filing a formal complaint because, like also within the rule book is if you don't if this doesn't happen, then there should be written discipline filed like at the league office.
0: oh like there should be uh, some sort of account this shouldn't be going on without some sort of documentation
1: right, and so like it it starts a process, and so like on the bright side, the league administrator the the guy who's in charge of the whole thing, the the commissioner, eventually, after multiple emails back and forth. Is like I talked to the coach and talked to the other and and saw emails uh, back and forth, and it seems pretty clear that this was uh, a good faith misinterpretation or misunderstanding of the rules, and he wasn't trying to hurt anybody's feelings. Quite the opposite, and obviously moving forward, the the, the rules will be properly followed, and he didn't quite go far enough as to say like, uh, we clearly fucked up right. and didn't explain things properly to the people that we put in charge around here because like all it would take is one meeting. Like, you yeah. just have one 45 minute long meeting before the season starts and you invite all of the coaches and the assistant coaches and whoever, any, any parents who want to come to better understand what's yeah. going on. And you just, you go to some gymnasium somewhere or just do it at the baseball field. Like it's fine to just do it at the baseball field. You don't need to rent a space or anything. And you just have a talk right. and like, I would happily put together an itinerary for them. Like, it wouldn't be complicated. There are some things that you need to hit. You
2: say that, but you don't volunteer yourself to do it.
1: Right, well, I have volunteered myself to help out a little bit more in the past and to run, like, a a spring camp before we get started.
2: That's not the same thing.
1: And it's never followed up on, because these are people who have been running the show here for so long. It's like, nah, we got it. It's going to be totally fine. Uh, And it is very clearly not going to be totally fine.
0: Let me ask you... um were there games where the other team was subbing at a faster pace like that never came about like that So that's the
1: other that's the other aspect of but this they're
0: going through the
2: lineup faster
0: yeah so it's less obvious
1: it was less clear but also at the same time having read through the rules a few times and and sort of absorbed them now and now thinking back on previous games it's 100% the case that other teams have not followed the substitution rules as they are laid out in the book and like if we're going to object to that the thing that we're objecting to is by the book wrong but also like you just sort of feel like you're accusing them of cheating yes. when you're like you know you're doing this and it's like this is just a stupid game between kids like Uh, How seriously are we supposed to be taking this? But because there's no central authority that has very clearly made it clear that we need to follow these rules as laid out in this book exactly, any objection to the other team's sort of – I wouldn't even call it shenanigans, just accidental misuse of the substitution rule – in all likelihood, would appear to be an effort of bad faith by us just to get them in trouble or just to stop them from doing what they want to do with their team when it wouldn't be the case. Like, we're just trying to all hopefully follow the rules here. But because there's so little leadership from league administration on this very issue, it's hard to feel like you can speak up. And I don't know what you can do. And I don't even know, like, I don't know how these people end up in charge of little leagues like this. Like, I assume. It's
2: like you said, nepotism. It's just because it has been. Well, but, but I assume that the,
1: the the chief guy, like, wrote to the Little League organization at some point and, like, made himself available to them and then got assigned this district or something like that. Uh, but I have no idea how it is, like—
2: Used not, to be called Dixie.
1: Yeah, not that I want to challenge his authority and, like, try to <laughs> do a hostile takeover of the league, but, like, it would really help to have competent administrators in charge here. Anyway, I guess that's all I have to complain about with the uh, with the so baseball much, uh, this
2: week. This is the first time this has been a problem. Right. But it, it seems like... like so ang- angry parents, I mean.
0: There's so much of... All of this actually could be avoided if they just kind of cleared it up at the top, just like at the start of the season. Like, hey, these are the rules. Figure it out. Right,
1: and I think that the parents wouldn't be as upset if we weren't also getting our asses kicked. Yeah. Where it's like... Well, the shortstop made three errors on one play. What difference does it make? Who's the shortstop? Right. Like, just put my kid out right. there. Like, who, who cares? <laughs> uh, what are we talking about here? He's sitting on the bench on a team that, that's throwing the ball into the stands half the time. What is the point? Right. Uh, you know, it's not quite that bad. But There was one other note that I wanted to, to circle back to on Sudan, and it, it's not specific to the Sudan thing. Uh It's in part related to the fact that Joe Biden is expected to announce on Tuesday, so the day that this episode comes out, is the four-year anniversary, apparently, since he announced his 2020 bid. Oh. And in a neat bit of symmetry, apparently, the administration plans to announce that Joe Biden will be seeking a second term tomorrow. I uh, would like to make a bold prediction. Oh. which might uh, strike you as absolutely ludicrous, I guarantee that Joe Biden will absolutely... He is going to make this... He will. He's going to announce... Probably like a video package, right?
0: It'll be one of those.
1: There's going to be a video package. There's going to be a little speech. There's going to be this whole big thing. He's going to say, I'm going to continue fighting the MAGA creeps and weirdos out there, and we're going to keep doing what we're doing. Joe Biden will not be on the ballot in 2024. And it's... (laughs)
0: <laughs> what do He's too fucking happen? old.
1: He's just so too old. On the, on he point. cannot. He cannot be left alone with anyone. Right. There's. Always now a member of his immediate family on his arm, showing him where to walk next and making sure he's not saying anything funny. There was the thing with the Easter Bunny last year where, like, the Easter Bunny was clearly some agent of the administration whose job it was was to corral the president away from the press, even at an event as as, as friendly as— as can be possibly imagined. Yeah, it's a he doesn't give, Yeah, it's not like
0: a big He doesn't give
1: thing. interviews. Yeah. He doesn't do real press conferences. He has extremely limited availability, apparently as, as limited as, oddly enough, you have to go all the way back to Ronald Reagan's second term to find somebody with less availability to the press, which checks out uh, for somebody who might be uh, teetering towards a less than fully uh, mentally competent individual. Right. There's no way that this guy who has to be escorted around by his wife or by his son at this point is going to be the nominee for the Democrats in 2024. I don't believe it. He will have, and I, I think I said something along these lines in the, in the prediction show back in January. I didn't go back and check, but I'm, I'm, I'm doubling down on that now. If I said it then, or maybe if I didn't, I'm saying it now before we get to the first primaries he will have dropped out, and there I, I see no okay, other, so no way.
0: In in January, was there some ideas to like because you know right now as we see things like unless something drastically changes, Biden is going to come out of the Democratic side, Trump is going to come out of the Republican side, and it'll just be a rematch of 2020. Because I mean, on the Republican side, there's a little more. There's something there with you know like somebody else, right? Uh, on the Biden side, I mean, what Kennedy's kid is going to come and do something like? There's no obstacle in his way. Yeah, ro-
1: Robert fucking Kennedy Jr. wants to be a president on the strength of like a Steve Bannon endorsement and the anti-vax crowd. <laughs> right. Uh, s- seems to be the plan.
0: Right. So there, there's so there isn't a clear obstacle that would pr- other than. The, the president himself saying, look, uh, you know, I was old then. Like, you know, I'm sure some of you are surprised uh, that I'm still, you know, hanging around four years later. But here I am. But to ask for yet another four is be kind of ridiculous. And what's odd is that you do have the clear example of the senator from California going through this thing where people are asking, like, why did they send her back to the Senate when she was like 84 or something? She was old then, too. Like, wow. Well, You know, this problem could have been resolved a long time ago by just bringing somebody else in. Same vote, you know, could vote the same way. So why this person? Why this specific person? And on the Biden side, you're right. I mean, if these challenges are happening to Biden now the first four years, the second, you know, set of four years is going to be a lot worse. I mean, he'll be what, like 86 by the time he's— up there like, it's yeah. impo-
1: it's i i f- i fully think it's impossible that he can be the president for the first six more years like i, I just don't see but how
0: it, yeah i mean yeah because he would be yeah in, in, conceivably what january of 2029 like the end of the decade like if you were to go the whole what way. drives
1: me nuts is that like joe biden was never great and yeah. he's very clearly completely lost the fastball. Right. Like at 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 best, the kindest thing that you can say is that he doesn't have the fastball. And you can say the same thing about watching videos of Donald Trump from the 90s versus videos of Donald Trump now. Like he's clearly experienced a sort of slowdown. Now, Trump covers it up with bluster and insanity and 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 other things. And Biden actually, from time to time also covers it up with bluster and insanity and doing that thing where he starts going off on some crazy tangent and he completely forgets what he's going to say. And, and he's like, ah, yeah, I'm uh probably shouldn't say any more about that. Probably <laughs> they'll get mad at me if I say anything else, which is his go to, like, I'm just hiding the demented thing that you just know, happened okay. in my brain.
0: I, I, you know, I am not a medical professional, so I don't know. Like, Yes, there has been some decline there, but doesn't it sometimes seem like he's that's just him? Like he just kind of like goes into dead end kind of sentences. He'll just stop, or he'll just say something and move on to something else.
1: Right, and I'm sure that his his media people have trained him because this is a uh, like there are long there are stories about his incredible ability to just uh, diarrhea mouth it for hours on end. Apparently, he's like one of the all time great like. Put him in a room with a bunch of other people and and stick the conch in his hand or put a microphone in front of his face and he'll just go for three hours and like and just never stop apparently wow. and a, like his handlers obviously stopped him from doing that by getting him to like like having these devices that he'll say instead with like the ah, I probably shouldn't say anymore uh, you talk now right. is the sort of thing that he does but also. Again, giving him the absolute full benefit of the doubt, you must at least acknowledge that whoever he was 20 years ago, he's not the same guy now. Right. And, like, it, it just strikes me as incredibly irresponsible to imagine that you are yourself completely irreplaceable as the president of the United States when you're, like, obviously not. There are there are dozens of other people at, at bare minimum, if not hundreds and thousands of other people who would be better suited to this job uh, for the next four years. And I, I don't see how he stays the nominee.
0: Again, like, I just don't see what could possibly happen, other than like a natural cause kind of thing. Like, I mean, he's not gonna just not run. I right? think
1: it will become it will become increasingly untenable to run him out in public, and they can't run the same.
0: They they probably could with Trump. That's the other thing. So you know, with all this availability, he doesn't do a lot of press conferences and all of this stuff. I mean, like maybe we were doing too much of that in the first place. You know, if Trump <laughs> runs. If Trump, because you don't think about it, okay. So the thinking is more camera time is a plus. Like I mean, he's doing this out of necessity, so I'm not making not that argument. Not more, right?
1: some, right? Like some. He doesn't give interviews. He doesn't. He doesn't do press conferences at all.
0: Right. But in in the it, it seems to me like we're kind of entering this new phase uh, where a lot of the longstanding practices are no longer going to apply. Like, are we actually going to have Debates between the Democratic candidate for president and the Republican candidate for president. Wasn't there some thing years ago where the Republican Party said that we're going to- Yeah, gonna they
2: were talking about not doing not that. Not
0: partaking. I don't know if they walked that back, but like the decisions people are making, they don't make it in the same way anymore. Like people are not going to tune in for a Trump-Biden debate to decide on Trump-Biden. These people have been around for a minute now. Like you kind of know who they are, right? So it's like a lot of the stuff that, People will point to say, "Okay, this was a turning point in the in this race, and he got off a good line there." I don't know—is that a thing anymore? Like, if if Biden just said, "Let's just run it back," I'll just be in the basement. I don't think
1: I don't think it's a thing anymore. But exclusive, right? But okay, we'll get back to the basement in a second. Yeah. I don't think the debates are a thing anymore, as long as Trump is in the question. Right. Just because you don't tune in to find out policy differences, you tune in to watch the fireworks and hear yeah. the culture war nonsense. Right. Like so, as long as it's Trump versus, then yes, the debates are an entirely different animal and probably one that doesn't have to happen except for the theatrics of the whole thing. As far as running the same playbook that they ran in 2019 and 2020 with Biden— how do you justify keeping him away from the press and from public availability the way that they, they ran him out of the basement and just did the occasional uh, teleconference rally and and video rallies and had that incredibly mediated experience between right. him and the press? I don't know how you justify it when there's not a global pandemic going on. And, like, I, I guess they say he's very busy right. with all of the time that he spends in Delaware Probably that or that del- Camp David?
0: Of- yeah. Yeah. And also the, the thing, I mean, the the likely argument will be like the issues facing us or, you know, whatever, like they want to take away access to abortion and I don't. Like, so what 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 do I need to be out there for? What are we talking about? I got to eat some stupid thing at the Iowa fair. Like, leave me alone. I'm old. I'm going to ride my bike in Delaware, you know. Fuck off! Like you don't think that? I think that would play. Like people are not deciding based on the way okay. they did. Then
1: this, then this. Essentially, it gets to the the reason that I brought it up at all, which is that the reason that Biden thinks that he is permitted or even required to run again, despite being so remarkably old and so remarkably unfit to carry the office uh, on through twenty twenty nine, for fuck's <laughs> sake. 2029 is how long he would be in office if he lived and won in in 2024. Is because of the existence of Donald Trump, yes. right? That it, it is only justifiable because of how completely unacceptable the alternative is to a huge number of Americans. And and Biden himself is incredibly unacceptable to a huge number of Americans, but if you then throw Donald Trump into the equation and it's it's that guy versus that guy, Joe Biden becomes suddenly that much more palatable. And like among the many problems with having a thoroughly reactionary sort of fake populist anti-institutionalist anti-state party, Which is currently represented by Trump and the and the Trumpening, is that the governing party or the establishment? In this case, Democrats and and sort of the media, the mainstream media writ large, it makes the status quo that much more entrenched and effectively impossible to criticize. So, like Korean Jean P, what's her name? The press Uh, secretary. Yeah, the press secretary, Jean Pierre, Uh, she's terrible. She's she's just awful at this job. She gets up there, and she just says things, and she doesn't respond to questions. She just reads back the same fucking copy and over and over again. And there's no incentive whatsoever on the part of the Biden administration to even acknowledge— that they should be doing a better job, or that there are things that they can be doing that are better, and there's very little incentive by the press corps to insist and and to ask hard questions, because lingering at the back of everyone's heads is the reality of the alternative, right? right. As long as Trump still stands there, and uh, and Desantis gets painted in the same light, oftentimes, as the end of democracy, as the as the threat, the existential threat to the entire country, it only alleviates the current governing structure of their responsibility to actually do good governance right that we we no longer have to hold jean pierre and the entire administration that she represents accountable in the same way because we are constantly uh, reminded of the existential threat that exists on the other side they need to do nothing but throw out occasional lip service to the rowdier elements of their own caucus right. uh, you know, or of their base to maintain the elevated status as the existential necessity, as an alternative.
0: Now, this is not um, how things work, but you know, uh, NBC, I think, and some other maybe Wall Street. So there was a poll that came out over the weekend, and it had like some ridiculous numbers, which track with what you know I've been reading, uh, which is that I think 70 percent of the people who they polled did did do not want Joe Biden to run again. Right. And I think it was like 60 percent for Trump. Uh, All of the numbers like for a president going into, you know, we're still some ways away, but we're turning the corner into the 2024 presidential election. You want your poll numbers to be your approval rating to be, you know, at least, you know, not underwater. You know, you want it to be in the plus. But, you know, Biden's numbers underwater, like by 10 points. Right. Not a good sign. The should they run, uh, being 70, 30, uh, do not run again. Like no. Chuck
1: Todd, Chuck Todd said that if you like, uh, go into the peripherals or whatever and you, and you add everything together, it's something like 95% of Americans don't want right. the rematch.
0: Right. It's, yeah. They said, yeah, the, about 5% that they can think of. And I guess I just want to see a train wreck. 5% of the respondents wanted this rematch that we're, we're kind of heading towards, uh, and and so, like, if you were to do, like, a—again, the system doesn't work this way, but, like, a grand bargain, like, you stand down your old geezer and we'll stand down ours, you know, like, no Trump and no Biden and open the field, that could kind of inject some juice into the race. Uh, but that's not how it works, you know. Trump can choose for himself, and the president can also do the same. And they're both deciding to, like, I kind of like this. <laughs> you know, I'm being— taken everywhere you know i it's a nice life i'm sure you know assuming it didn't get over you know get into your head but barring that possibility i don't know what other avenue there is for uh, you know other than just to constantly encourage like hey you know don't run but like with biden like all the numbers they're not a positive number when it's just biden but when you put them next to an actual candidate like a trump he does he's like a couple of points higher than them like and it's like a consistent thing like well yeah if it's between these two then yes but under no other circumstances am i happy with the choice and maybe biden's like that's good enough for me like you you don't expect much out of me right, but this and- isn't about
1: you joe yeah. i'm sorry but like we we must consider the fact that like there are more important things here than your personal ability to defeat Donald Trump. Like, right. you can't tell me, like, and granted, I am also firmly of the belief that Kamala Harris cannot beat. Right.
0: So that's the other problem, right? Because if he cannot beat Donald Trump,
1: but, but that can't be the only solution. He doesn't get to coronate his successor, no, he doesn't know, get but, to choose who the next person is. For the, I mean, it sounds ridiculous to say it coming out of my mouth. For the good of the country, the President of the United States should. Abdicate and say <laughs> I'm not going to do this, yeah, this in twenty twenty four. Yeah,
0: you won't run for, for uh re election, right? He could just finish out the term, which is by the way, almost two years to go. It's not like it's like January of twenty twenty five is when he, this current term ends, right? So there's still right, almost the, two problem,
1: years. the- the problem is that announcing that he's not going to be the candidate in 2024 effectively ends his presidency. The problem with that statement yeah. is that it doesn't fucking matter anyway because well, he's got a Republican-led house right, and the presidency true. is effectively over regardless. And I, I would argue that he would be as, as a lame, effectively a lame duck or arguably a lame duck who's not going to run in 2024 would be freed up to actually deal with uh, Kevin McCarthy-led House on issues like the debt ceiling a little bit easier, right? right. He has no concerns about—he he can even say publicly, in the rare instances that he would talk to the press, he could say, I have no interest in, in scoring any political points here against Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans. I'm not even running for president next time around. I just want to make sure that we don't tank the United States economy over some silly fight over money that we've already agreed to spend, right? Like, I have no political dog in this fight any longer. I just want what's best for the country. That's actually – to me, that's powerfully motivating and a a way to win the political moment and force uh, your opponent's hands in in that sort of situation. I
0: I don't think the problem is at that level. Uh, You're right. uh, He would – be able to navigate the last, you know, year and a half of his presidency the same way because, like, not much is going to pass anyways in 2024 during the uh, election season. But the problem is not at that level. I think the problem is, like, who is going to replace him? Basically, he kind of finds himself in, like... Uh, like, okay, uh, but
1: we're in the same situation with the Republicans. right? No, no, right. But what I'm saying is, okay. For all the talk from the Republicans about how we're going to have a smaller field this time, I don't believe it. We're going to we're gonna end mean, up. It's smaller like than
0: 2016, right? Uh, but okay, it's, it's but still going to be I still good think number. it's going to be like
1: 15 or 18 people, I think, when it's thinking, all said and done. Really?
0: I was thinking like, t- you think? I mean, that's basically what it was in 2016. You think it's going to balloon to 16 to 18?
1: Well, let's go through it, right? So, so far, we have Donald Trump. Right. We can expect to see Ron DeSantis. Yep. Uh, Mike Pence is all but in. Yep. Nikki Haley is in. Tim the, Tucker D-
2: Carlson. The Tim Vivek. Scott. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: right. Right, Tim Scott is in. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Indian v- fellow. Vivek, grandma, Right, he's in. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all, the, or Asa Hutchinson, Asa. right, is all but in, if he's not actually in yet. Yes. So, that's and seven m- definites, right? We got
0: Pence, right?
1: Yeah, I said Pence. Oh, so. We're going to have... Chris Christie is 1,000% going down. What be
0: happened, in. by the way? Like a week ago, it was looking like, okay, he's going to st- stay out of this. But now it sounds like he's gearing up for a run. And also, uh, Sununu, right?
1: Sununu uh, is absolutely going to be in right. up in, uh, is it New Hampshire? Or I think it's New Hampshire, right? Live for your die yeah, state. Yeah,
0: your boy, Youngkin, you don't think he's, he was kind of making. Glenn some Youngkin might get in. Yeah.
1: Kemp in Georgia might get in. No, 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 no. Kemp
0: is not going to run for president.
1: It's not out of the realm of possibility. I wouldn't. I wouldn't count him out, especially if people like Yunkin and Sununu start sticking their heads in there. Right. Like, why wouldn't he? I and mean, if, yeah, I guess and, that, that, that. And if DeSantis continues to to not dominate the rest of the field the way that it looked like he was going to, I don't think you can rule out Kemp at all.
0: Yeah. So uh, that, that, yeah, that, then you'll get up there. You'll be passed. Like. 13, 14 people? I assume
1: assume that most of the senators who have run in the recent past are done. I assume that certainly Lindsey Graham is is done. I assume that Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz are not going to bother this time around. Tom Cotton and Josh Hawley, I believe, have both already said that they're not going to run this time around. is also not
0: going in. Bolton's not going in. Yeah. But, I mean, there's still a sizable number of people.
1: Uh, right. But that, so that's just 11 with just the people that we named who I think are definitely in. And that doesn't account for another half a dozen people who plausibly uh, could throw their hat in the ring right. at some point in the next few months. Right. So, yeah, I do think it's going to balloon. And I do think it's going to be a rather big. Uh, field eventually, and there's no problem with that. that no, but that's there's, what there's it not is. a
0: problem when you're uh, big you're, problem. You're the party out of power, right? Like the inc- you're giving up the incumbency advantage that exists with any at, at every level, right? You won't have an incumbent. Your number two is basically going to be. What, she's going to run against like her own administration? The like,
1: incumbency advantage The incumbency advantage is built in because you're going against Donald Trump. So it, it doesn't, like, what, whatever... No, you
0: think that's all there is? But there's also, like, well, he's already there. Like, I don't know. Like, you don't think there's that advantage where people are just like, ah. You know, I think, like, Kemp in Georgia here, one of the advantages was that, eh, not as bad as, you know, he, I thought it would be. Like So it's like, eh, whatever. Like you don't think there's an advantage in that regard? Also, it's not just uh, uh, that you're going up against Trump, and also yeah, the, but which the so other thing- which of
1: the de- which of the potential Democratic nominees is going to run as a disruptor? And the answer is basically none of them. Right, they will all end up running as I am the I am the correct answer in terms of defeating Donald Trump because that is the only thing that matters but right re- now remember, in American politics. But
0: remember, in 2020, it was a bunch of candidates on the Democratic side getting votes. Like, you know, Biden was coming like fourth or fifth in Iowa and New Hampshire, and it wasn't until South Carolina put him over the top, and then there was this coalescing, right, during the march, I think like right before the pandemic uh, started, where a lot of the centrist, middle-of-the-ground candidates got out.
1: Buttigieg kind of uh, led the way there in terms of... Right.
0: all of these people got out of the way to kind of direct our energy towards one of them, like Biden. And so, like, if the advantage that a Biden candidacy has is that it's a known person. They're already there, right? If you take those two out, now you're actually in a worse position because, like, n- n- now what's the argument? Like, put me back in? Like, who is going to be taking – over, like, if it's not Kamala, like, I don't know. Bernie? They have to,
1: they have to sell themselves. You're absolutely right. It's a process, the way it is meant to be, which is a a process of selling yourself to the American people and hopefully selling a positive vision of a of a of a, a policy focused administration that escapes Trump's gravity, which is obviously a, a wishful thinking nonsense. But I don't know. To me, it just keeps coming back down to this idea that there's just there's no way that. Joe Biden can be the president until 2029, and it's irresponsible to continue to put him up there.
0: And and would it be irresponsible? I mean, like, I don't know. Like, even if he were, like, going to do some sort of resign, like, due to health in, like, 2016 or something, like, I don't think there's any good scenario, right? Basically, you have to kind of see it through the whole way, which is asking a lot. Like, again, it's, like, almost six years uh, of this. And so I don't know. It doesn't look very good.
1: Yeah. And again, it gets back to the point that I was trying to make earlier, which is that as long as Donald Trump exists as this alternative, that becomes something that paralyzes the whole country because we don't expect anything out of a Biden administration besides not being right. a Donald Trump administration. And until Trump dies, like it's just sort of the situation that we're living in. Uh, quickly, we can talk about maybe this article in reason that i sent you earlier today which uh, chronicles the travails of a student at UVA a couple of years ago named Morgan Bedinger who was accused on social media of telling protesters that they would make good speed bumps she apparently happened upon a protest in shortly after the events of 2020 here in town
2: what
0: you mean the George Floyd uh, incident in Minnesota? I mean, it was like a nationwide Okay.
2: Thing. Okay. Got it. Oh, sorry. The events not, not here. Yeah. After 2017. After 2017 After 2017. Right,
1: right. After Unite the Right, and she is driving through town and comes across some uh, uh, protest where there's a street shutdown in downtown Charlottesville. She's on her way home from work. She drives around a dump truck, which was blocking her way, not realizing that the dump truck was there to specifically close down the street.
0: Not well enough, apparently.
1: Right. Apparently not well enough. She was able to drive around it uh, and realizes, like, as she gets around the dump truck that, oh, that was a roadblock. And now she's sort of caught between this group of protesters, some of whom are just, like, laying down in the street or sitting in the street in their protesty sort of way and some of whom are are milling about, she gets out of her car to have a conversation with the driver of the dump truck who's, like, calling down to her, like, hey, Woody, you're not supposed to be down there with the car. That's why I'm here. And she says to the dump truck driver, she says, it's a good thing you were here because otherwise uh, all of these kids who are laying on the street would have just been speed bumps, like sort of in an awkward jokey fashion, apparently. At least this is her. This is her version of events. Yeah. This is what
2: some people don't come across right.
1: Yeah, and uh, she then proceeds to get back into her car. And apparently someone overheard her say the words speed bump or something along those lines. And people start to gather around her car and they start shouting at her like, she's a Karen, get the Karen or something along those lines. And they're like pounding on her door. So she's the one who ends up calling the police as she's trying to get out of there. And eventually the police come. She gives a statement to the police about what happened. She doesn't think anything's going to come of this. She just goes home. Uh, and and goes to lay down after her very stressful uh, few moments there in downtown. Only to be awoken a few hours later after a nap from a friend who was texting her to find out if she was okay because some student who was at this protest had managed to identify her on social media and had, had blown up her whole world in the ensuing hours, calling her a racist who wanted to treat all of the protests as fucking speed bumps. Uh this ends up going through the entire like u v a student disciplinary process, one of these goofy fucking like student run yeah. speech courts, basically, what seems to have been a sort of bogus kangaroo court situation where her prosecutor was the girl who had gone viral, uh accusing her of being a racist, and the the ruling of the this this student court finds her guilty. And she's sentenced to 50 hours of community service and like, sort of like a re-education camp, sort of. (laughs) And oddly enough, sort of acknowledges the fact that she probably didn't say the thing in the way that it was taken or the way that it ended up going viral. but, But it expected her to be fully cognizant of the social and political atmosphere. And so that uttering the words, speed bump created an atmosphere of unsafety for her fellow students and that she should have known better, right? right? That she was, if not doing actual violence, then stepping right up to the point of doing violence and therefore creating an atmosphere that was dangerous for her fellow students. They called her a racist on the invocation of the... It's like... Because what is the distinction between... uh, that they make between uh, uh, use versus mention, right? So, like, when we, when we talk about the, the N-word or the F-word yeah. or whatever the bad yeah. word is, and you, if you're describing, like, uh, this person called me a faggot, yeah. that's different than saying you're a faggot, right? right? Obviously, there's a, there's a use-mention distinction there that apparently we have decided to collapse entirely, and simply uttering the syllables faggot is enough right. to get you uh, in major trouble, right. like you were doing a violence. Right. right. But she didn't say the bad word. Right. right? She didn't say, look at all the N words running around out here right. or anything along that line, which would be a, a bad thing to say. Right. Obviously. And a, and a racist thing. They got a use mentioned distinction problem out of speed bump. Right, like literally, that's what's going on in this case. Is that there's a they've collapsed the use mention distinction for the phrase speed bump. Sure, people and are got, sensitive and tried to get her kicked out of school, tried to ruin yeah. her life. Oh yeah, it's insane.
0: Yeah, that's true. Not unlike, it's almost like I mean they're not making the exact comparison, but it's almost mm-hmm. like shouting a fire in a crowded theater. Like it's like you should know the environment that where you said this thing like there was an incident and I mean this is what three years apart like twenty seventeen is when unite the right unite the right mm-hmm. rally happens with the car right. plowing through all those people and killing one three years later in the summer of 2020 you say this flippant kind of comment one person hears it and then the story kind of turns right uh what what's interesting in the in the article there was a section where you know she pulls you know over she kind of was looking around like what the hell's going on and the ar- the way they are apparently
1: takes a picture like takes she's a picture. doing Just some kind sightseeing. of milling
0: yep. about but what's interesting is that the the group of people w- where she was kind of walking around and at some point you would think she's part of it right i mean how can you distinguish her from the whole others right but for whatever reason people kind of singled her out like she's some other like You're not an ally, you're not a part of this thing, and so like any sort of like whisper of anything negative will turn into something more, like the Karen accusation, all of these things, and people crowding around her car, you know, when she realized, uh oh, let me get out of here, people were crowding on the car and despite how the article presents it, I can't imagine that they were crowding around the car so they can lead her back to safety. Like they were kind of like trying to accuse her of saying the thing that they heard secondhand Right. So it's Fucking,
1: like <laughs> it's it's this close to get the witch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's, it's like I
0: never understood when people, you know, uh, in, in the article again they they referenced this student article or, or student group. Uh and and they're saying basically, based on eyewitness testimony, I guess, that they're they weren't doing anything like uh dangerous towards her. Like that that's, that
1: that That's a reference not to this Reason article, but to a student newspaper article at the time, okay, which says that right, yeah. said that they had confirmed that she wasn't in any danger or something along those lines. But, like, it's also very obvious that that was just them getting one of these assholes who was at the protest to be like, no, we weren't going to hurt her. Right. Why would we do that? Right. We're peaceful.
0: <laughs> which doesn't track with any other – like, I mean, you know, maybe this sort of thing happens whenever there's, like uh, – there's a tense situation, and there's a lot of people out and about, and they identify somebody who's hostile to whatever cause that they're for. The the mob mentality is not a very good place to be in. Like, so I can imagine the crowding around people wasn't like friendly. Um, right. And and so, yeah, the, the whole thing. I don't know how all of this uh, spiraled out of control, but basically everybody just took well, everything. Oh, because some as fact.
1: somebody was angry and had a cell phone video and started accusing the pretty white girl of being an awful racist who was going to run her over with her car right right like and and what's sort of flabbergasting to me and it shouldn't be but it but it it is every single time is this is the jump that happens in people's heads to racism from nothing Right. right you take somebody who you believe to be opposed to you politically right and to be fair, this girl probably was opposed to them politically, right?
0: Well she? I mean, maybe but, in that specific incident, but, like, her backstory, she's not entirely, like, some MAGA person. You know, it's, it's not like she's that.
1: Right, right. But also, she was not participating in the protests, right. so therefore uh, she must be some, as you were saying, some sort of other from the crowd. Right. The point is that like, the thing that she said, even if you take it at its absolute worst— uh, protesters make really good fucking speed bumps is not racist like in, in by n- by no understanding but if you- of the situation is that a racism right but- and and it doesn't it doesn't even suggest or betray any racial animus underneath whatsoever except for the the fact except of
2: for what they're protesting right.
1: And also, yeah, I mean, the, the sure, whole- but that is—that's an additional step. That's doing more mind reading right. of what's going on in this situation. And I'm not—I'm not pretending like every asshole who says I'm going to go running through that uh, group of protesters who are blocking the highway is a perfectly good person, right? Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you're a fucking racist because some of the people who are at the protest happen to be black. Maybe it's a silly thing, but like the idea that this girl had her entire reputation ruined on the basis of her saying the word speed bump in a joking fashion. But then even if you take the absolute worst version of what she's saying, it still requires an added layer of, of cognitive mind reading to then make her a racist right, out of but, it. But, it, but people are incredibly quick to do now that. Now,
0: it's important to note that that would not be the first leap of – a. a- assuming something about somebody because again like they singled her out like she probably wasn't she wasn't i mean i don't know this for sure but she wasn't like making a big statement like oh you people stop protesting like other than the second hand third hand comment about you know the speed bump uh thing there wasn't anything else that would say that i'm not on your side right so the people who turned their attention toward her uh they did a calculation even before they got to well. You must be saying it for racial reasons. So, like, if you if you made that initial calculation in that context in 2020, where they're protesting uh, how dispensable Black people appar- uh, apparently are, this fits right in with that thinking that oh, because I mean, what what is the implication? Even take away the racial component out of it for a second. What is the implication with that flippant remark? That if that if there wasn't some sort of barrier that people, I mean, the drivers would see there are people in front of their way. Like, what would make them? Well, I think the, drive the joke them?
1: that she was making yeah. is that, like, if you hadn't been here, I would have just gone through this this part of the street, and these people are laying on the ground, which is not a smart thing to be doing. Right, but she, and I might have I might have hurt somebody.
0: So that's a what terrible she was, reading. I mean, it sounds like a like these. To the people listening to what you're saying, they're going to take that as a hostile statement. Like, we're visible. Yeah, we're making noise. Right. We're They, stuck took, in it, your they way. took it
1: as a threat. Right. And she was trying to say, like, uh, I've always been taught not to lay down in the street. Right? <laughs> right? Like, uh, which, which is uh, the correct position to take, right. by the way. But I mean, yeah, uh, but
0: it doesn't mean you should run over people. Again, it's it's a flip, But that's combat. not what she
1: was saying, right? To be clear, she was not saying you should run over people. She was simply saying – I don't think that she was saying – how does
0: something become a even speed the, even without the, having been run over? I mean, but that's by its very to nature. Me,
1: I, to me, I take it as a self-deprecating remark, which is I'm a ditzy person who doesn't even pay very good attention. Right. Oh, it's a little
0: awareness.
1: It's a good thing that there was a big truck here, or else I might have run somebody over, right? It's the sort of joke that I would make about if, if I was uh, like an absent-minded driver type person, right? Right. Like, to me, that's what she's doing there. I don't think that she's suggesting...
2: Why are you so generous to her and not me? I say stupid shit all the time, and you say I'm an asshole.
1: I don't. When have I ever called you an asshole?
2: You do. Oh.
0: <laughs> anyway. anyway. It, it is, it is, uh.
2: Th- Bob is perpetually embarrassed by me wherever we go. Right. I'm saying the wrong thing and doing the wrong thing. No, no. I'm just, I'm just nice. All I am is nice. You're a
1: socially awkward person at times, and people can easily take you the wrong way. That's all I'm saying.
0: The, uh,. The sequence of events, this person, I mean, not not to be too judgmental, but, like, you know, like, in in, uh, Madden, how back in the day they had, like, these different categories, like, speed, strength, and whatever, and there was, like, that awareness number, and where like, not very smart players, had, like, a very low awareness, like, where they wouldn't even know what they're doing, in theory, like, she must have a low awareness level for their... You, you know, th- during that period, uh, there were a lot of protests. You know, there were a lot of different demonstrations. There were a lot of things going on. Totally unaware. That's fine. She's not aware of this. She sees a, some impediment to the regular road she travels on. Oh, no, oh, that's weird. I'm going to drive around it. I'm going to get out of the car, mill, mill about, make flippant remarks. Like, this. the sequence of choices this person is making is very weird. Like, what are you doing? Are you
1: saying that she's a dumb 20-year-old she- girl? Yes, <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> she's a dumb. Try, I agree yeah. with you. Yeah, we should. We, and we should take her at her word that she was a dumb twenty-year-old girl, rather than uh, an evil, uh, racist right. hate monger right. who wanted to do violence to people. Right. Like whatever. The uh, reading through the, the whole article, I think, is worth your time. If you wanted to check that out, it was a good read. The uh,
0: the, the student body, what was it, was it like UJC or some stupid? Group uh, student-run group, They right. uh, in, in the article, they described this very thorough process. They were trying to say, oh, they're not like the other student body uh, organizations out there who are... Well,
2: that's what UVA would say. UVA yeah. is the worst. <laughs> they, were... they think they are very special when they are just like everybody else. Right. They,
0: they, they were uh, talking them up, and then they're like, well, they decided that this person was guilty despite a lack of evidence. Like, a lot of the stuff happened second-hand third-hand there were stories that weren't lining up you know like a lot of problems with the the theory uh that this person was just being this malicious person but somehow also exposing themselves to harm like i'm gonna walk into the danger like who would do that uh none of the story uh Adds up, uh, but they still found her guilty, and she's got to do some sort of forty hours of community service of some right. It just... The
1: atmosphere at the time demanded fucking scalps, what? and she was the right scalp to get at the time. There's yeah, no by, doubt by about scalp, it. By scalp
0: is any like basically if anyone that kind of was similar to her that was walking about, and it just takes a couple of people. There was a, a sixty minutes uh, segment this week that was talking about some. Ray Epps fella who was like a MAGA type. He was at the January 6th place uh, and he was doing all the stupid stuff all the other people were doing. But for some reason, he was singled out as like, hey, you may be like an agent provocateur. Uh, And it doesn't take much for people to just say, oh, that could be true. And then it becomes true. Like everybody just runs with it. Nobody ever like looks into it. Nobody verifies anything. And so with her, like when that accusation was first made, people weren't like are you sure that's what happened they're like yeah that sounds like something that person who i've never met no. before would say and then believe women
1: believe women believe black women right. believe marginalized voices like elevate marginalized voices it's all this fucking nonsense uh
2: yeah i don't want to believe the women <laughs>
0: and edit no. edit that make sure you uh, exclude me from this uh, segment here <laughs> that's <was> all about <laughs> doing no one should be believed
1: outright. <laughs> you that should, d- <laughs> that But true. they're moving Why from a position of – are
0: de- de- you know, I think messaging is like – there are some people that always want to pick, like, the worst way to communicate something just for a fact. That's kind of like the uh, – you know, obviously the defund the, the police thing is basically – Like, there are arguments you can make and say, if the help is hurting... A perfect example
1: is the the Tennessee three assholes, who are 100% right that there should be a broader conversation about gun violence in Tennessee, and who are 100% wrong about the way they're going about it, right? Right. Like, uh, fuck you, walking into the legislature... And, and like, apparently throwing coffee on people in your activist days and now walking into the legislature with your coffin, with your infant-sized coffin right. as though you're making some grand point. Uh, fuck off.
0: Yeah, I, I assume they're just trying to shake things up over there. But yeah, not, not very effective ways to go about it. No,
1: revolutionary means are never the correct solution. At, at no point – I mean, yes, at some points when the, when the situation is completely untenable, uh, revolution is the only answer. I don't, I, I don't think we're there yet. I think that our institutions will hold uh, – whatever, that's bigger, stupider conversation probably. Uh, did you want to gloat at all about Tucker Carlson, uh, <laughs> given your insistence that he's going to run for uh, president in 2024? Are you standing by that? Well, uh, I got I got all, a text from Jerry uh, Thousand Man Jerry today, the surprisingly handsome Jerry who looks sort of like Tom Wamagents from Succession.
2: No, 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 he looks like Aaron Eckhart. Yeah, a little yes, bit of Aaron Eckhart.
1: Yes. He's got he's got big Tom Womagance vibes too, though.
2: Well, he's got the Wamgam. It's because of the it's because of being a being a wife guy.
1: Yeah, a little wife guy action there. Similar Doesn't vibe.
2: Look like him.
1: But a similar vibe. Anyway, uh, Jerry wanted to know if you were being uh, obnoxious yet about Tucker Carlson's <laughs> departure and how it lines up neatly with his ability to run for uh, president in 2024. I shared a clip today with you. Uh, from Twitter, uh, an interview that he had with uh, the semaphore guy, Ben Smith, and how he definitely wasn't going to run for president.
2: I'm curious about your ambitions. You know, There are friends of yours, the, to the extent you've still got them in Washington, who are, who are talking about your running for president in 2024. And I'm curious what your thought process is around that. I have
1: zero ambition, um, not just politically, but in life. My ambition is to write my script. You know, by eight PM. And I'm not just saying that. Ask anyone who works with me or knows me. Um, I'm not. I, I don't think that way. I Don't want power. I've never wanted power. I'm annoyed by things. I want them to change. But I've never been motivated by a desire to control people. I despise the libertarians,
0: but my instincts are almost all libertarian in that way, and that, that's true. So that—that's a um, you're not running. I'm not running. <laughs> the, um, I don't want to belabor I'm a that one. i um, and I enjoy my job, What by do the you way.
1: think, Abe? Is he going to run now that he's freed up from his uh, multi-million dollar contract at
0: Fox? So I am uh, wrong often enough that I uh, can't be in any positions to, to gloat, and also nothing has happened yet. So no, uh, nothing has changed. I, I still do think that uh, all of the stuff that he talks about, like his lane is like a populist oscillationist, which is kind of like what Trump— does but like he seems to have a uh, a good uh uh sense of like where people are with these stupid things on on the right like and so he would be able to tap into all of those grievances because he's been doing it nightly for many many years now, right, so he right. can identify an issue see which way uh the audience uh will trend you know like an issue that uh desantis is having an issue a problem with he doesn't seem to have a very good uh political skills uh when it comes to like when it's not a a friendly crowd like in florida uh tucker would be able to fix that problem it was a ridiculous prediction you know just to be just to be fair because like he was doing just fine um doing his little nightly uh show but now that he's free like this wasn't obviously part of the plan because like it sounded like he was just shit can i don't know what caused it because you could point to any other past show that he's done and find fault so i don't know what changed now you've already settled like yeah, I don't there's understand. reason
1: so there's reason to believe that it's a it's another lawsuit that they they murdoch probably wanted him out anyway and this is a good opportunity now with the Arguably, he helped cost them 800 fucking million. dollars. <laughs> Apparently, there's another lawsuit that's in the pipeline that one of the producers on his show has brought allegations of various sorts of harassment and a hostile work environment. And that that's going to potentially cost them a bunch of money. And that, like, now is the time. Uh, I do want to posit—not that I want to compare Tucker Carlson to uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, necessarily— no. But If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I think that Tucker Carlson is shortly about to become much more powerful than we can possibly imagine. Uh, But
2: what's going to happen to Fox News?
1: And not because he's going to run for and get the nomination and become president of the United States, but because he's going to become a wildly successful independent media type in the vein of... uh, Joe Rogan and Megyn Kelly and Glenn Beck Beck and Barry Weiss and like all of these people who had prominent positions in the media who, well, not Rogan so much, but uh, who went on to create vast fucking empires for themselves basically. Uh, And that audience that he had at Fox, which while dominated the uh, cable news ratings every single week and and peaked out at like three and a half four million people or something along those lines, is a fraction of what Joe Rogan brings in uh, on on his Spotify podcast, uh, and I think that Tucker likely uh, free from the constraints at Fox is going to start his own independent sort of publication and become more powerful than we uh, had previously expected.
0: And you 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 think he's going to stay doing that just like some
1: talk- yes. Absolutely. He's going he's gonna to be a media clown, making millions of dollars a year, uh, more than he was at Fox. I, I, I don't think he has any political ambitions whatsoever. He's always been a media guy. He'll forever be a media guy. And I think he enjoys a great deal what he's doing, having watched uh, many hours of him on television the last few years.
2: What's going to happen to Fox News? Fox so News is going to be— in.
1: Just fine. Yeah. Fox News fired Bill I O'Reilly. It's gonna
2: be fine. But when like
1: Bill O'Reilly had four million viewers every night, and everybody gloated about Bill O'Reilly's departure from Fox, and they just made it worse <laughs> with Tucker Carlson. They just stuck <laughs> Tucker in there, and everything got worse. And the same thing will happen now. I don't the, know who it will be. The Presumably, will... they'll give the usual bunch their it, chance, it, like it would the have Jesse to Waters. Be...
0: It would have to be uh, Gutfeld, right? He always seems to he, Like, either that or Waters, but I'm thinking Gutfeld will probably get it.
1: Maybe. Uh, Gutfeld apparently is, like, beating all of the late-night network right. shows Which, again, with his all with his the... 11 o'clock comedy hour on Fox.
0: Right. What, what's, what's interesting, you kind of uh, mentioned earlier about, like, the dominance of, like, this show over that show and this network over the network... And it's like, okay, what is the number one show on Fox News or CNN or MSNBC? And it's like, it tops out like a three, three and a half million. Like these are the juggernauts. And Tucker Carlson was getting paid like something like in the north of thirty million a year for three million viewers.
1: Yeah, I don't know about that number. I've seen that number tossed about. And it's the I don't... first
0: time I've seen it that high, right? I've never. I've seen yeah. ten, twenty million. I thought he million. was
1: down at like eight or ten million dollars a year max. Maybe and with that...
0: a digital. Maybe he had some other because he he did that yeah. other stuff. I don't know how it balloons to thirty whatever million, but it the point remains: how are these? Number one shows that are drawing three million, four million well, tops. Hey,
1: when when a seven hundred and eighty-seven million dollar fine is basically just a tax on your ability to do whatever the fuck you want, yeah. uh, What is thirty million dollars a year for Tucker Carlson if that is indeed the no, number? I-
0: Right. If that's what he deserved that all good for him. I just don't understand how the math works. Like uh, back in the day shows would draw 10 20 million viewers and then we're getting well, that kind of money. It's the
1: same math as the ESPN math, which is that like ESPN 5 or 6 or 8 dollars of your cable bill just goes to Disney because of ESPN and right. Fox gets I forget what the number is. It's something like 250 million dollars a month. I think, just in cable carriage fees. I'll I'll, I'll have to look that up. You check the show notes. If I'm right, I'll link to it. If I'm wrong, we'll pretend that this never happened. Uh, but <laughs> I think it's something like a quarter of a billion dollars a month in just cable carriage fees that they bring in before any of the advertising gotcha. stuff. And they have a very lean operation. They don't spend any fucking money. They don't do investigative journalism in any yeah. meaningful way. They have a couple of, like, Washington correspondents. They have a White House that guy. That is true, yeah. They, otherwise, it's just a bunch of fucking Steve Doocy dopes <laughs> hanging out in the studio <laughs> in Times Square and talking in front of a camera, right? right. They have very limited in terms of uh, organization overhead everything else is just profit
0: so like this tucker carlson news comes out uh and then like shortly after don lemon gets shit canned from cnn right. and i was thinking you know the the, the rule of threes there's always a third shoot to drop something else comes about but over the weekend uh i guess the uh nbc universal guy had to step down because he was having some sort of inappropriate relationship with somebody uh, right. under him uh and so I guess that makes three. But like a very uh, un- unfortunate. Uh, no, no, no you're for- wrong.
1: The three is not the NBC Universal guy. No, it it's, was the th- third. It's Tucker, and then it was uh, Don Lemon, yeah. who, uh, by the way, is probably get me in trouble and uh, be perceived as a racist hate crime.
0: Oh, again. I, I, I,
1: I think I like Don Lemon even slightly less than I like Tucker Carlson. <laughs> I I think that I could have an interesting conversation with Tucker Carlson. I know for certain that I could not have an interesting conversation with Don Lemon.
0: You know, uh, uh, your standard is much better, uh, as flimsy as it is, uh, than what I have, which is face. Like, he, that fucking guy makes that face too much. So I would side t- with uh, Tucker? Lemon. Yeah, Tucker... Lemon has face. a pretty
1: stupid face too, but anyway, that's, this is beside the point. Uh, I agree, Tucker has the more punchable face, so maybe I get half of a racism back. I didn't that's do right. a full racism. Uh, obviously, I think Tucker Carlson is is uh, is more dangerous and more objectionable in a, in totality, but. I would rather sit down and have a chat with Tucker Carlson about things than Don Lemon. Anyway, the third domino to fall—these things happen in threes—is apparently there was such a thing called Carpool Karaoke that was not just a segment on the CBS Late Late the Show. The
0: James Corden thing?
1: But it was a, a show, a fucking streaming—they made a TV show out of it, and they stuck it on Apple Plus or something like that, or I don't know where they stuck it. I. That doesn't make sense, but I read that it was on Apple Plus. I guess CBS didn't want it. Yeah, (laughs) Paramount or whatever, yeah. Yeah. On the (laughs) Paramount Plus network, and so Apple Plus picked it up. They've canceled that, Uh, James Corden's carpool karaoke will end after like fucking six seasons or something it was like. going
0: on for six seasons so it's just yeah, literally apparently. it's literally just it the, feels like it's been longer than that it's just a longer version of that segment that he has on his show yeah
1: it's like a 30 minute version of the segment that he would put on his show so apparently. like a
0: comedian in car singing or whatever right like some version of the jerry Seinfeld thing also
1: okay. why did i think that he was like on the way out at the Late Late Show. Maybe he is, he is. already okay, also done.
0: on. Yeah, maybe that's why they're not doing this anymore. Yeah.
2: Okay, end your show now, please.
1: Anyway, I guess we won't talk about it. I'll save this. Uh, there's a long feature in Slate today that came out talking about the recent change in alcohol recommendations that we've sort of talked about before. Talked uh,
2: about that, like, in January. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is Slate doing talking about it now?
1: It's... a I mean, you're tired, so we can't talk about it tonight. Ugh, it seems
2: just not worth talking about at all. No,
1: it's interesting. And I'm going to tie it into an article in The Atlantic about ice cream that I read uh, a couple of weeks ago. Does Uh, it
2: say to eat more?
1: The Atlantic article does, in fact, sort of argue in a backwards kind of way that we should be eating more ice cream. uh, Fuck yes. For for our health. It's Uh,
2: delicious.
1: I'll save those for...
2: I had some last night.
1: Next week, is there anything else in my...
2: I ate the rest of the ice cream. Endless series of ice cream. tabs
1: here that I wanted to talk about before the end. I don't think so. So, you've been listening to Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with Bob and Abe. Find the show at brainiron.com. Fuck social media. That's my new stance. I just decided it now. Not oh. even going to say the words... That everybody knows, uh, Facebook and Twitter, where we are still. But uh, fuck it. You don't have to go there. You don't already. So forget about it. Uh, Brainiron.com for a show note. You can also check out the composer of our opening and closing themes at tetramermusic.com. T-E-T-R-A-M-E-R music.com. That, of course, is Mark Gillig's band. Abe. Yes. Did you make it to the movies this week? I Uh, Well, whilst gallivanting across the country on a whim...
0: Yes, uh, actually, uh, before I left, I I was able to to catch a movie, uh, not a very good one, Uh, Russell Crowe. I just saw Russell Crowe in a movie. I was like, oh, I haven't seen Russell Crowe in a while. Let me go watch it. It was called uh, The Pope's Exorcist, and it's as bad as the title suggests. Uh, Yeah, it sounds bad. So
1: when you said that you'd seen this, because we texted briefly about this, uh, I thought in my head that I'd heard of it, but that also it was a parody. Uh, no, no, no! They're playing <laughs> and This trick. is like a recurring theme with me lately yeah. with the movies, <laughs> which is like I see something and it doesn't fully register, and then when I think about it again later, I'm like, "That must have been a stupid onion or SNL thing or something like yeah, that." Yeah, no, no. So this is, 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 is this a is this a straight like horror type movie or something? Like what what goes on in this movie?
0: Yeah, basically that, that's just. I mean, it's kind of based on a actual guy because they were doing that whole thing. This thing they happened in such and such year. And, like, Russell Crowe just goes around, like, oh, this kid is possessed, figure it out, and he does some little Christian stuff, and I don't know. It gets sorted out. Catholic stuff, Abe. There's
1: no way it's mere Christian stuff. He does does Catholic (laughs) stuff.
0: Catholic Christian is the same thing. That thing, when they do the Jesus Christ cross thing, and the person, like, oh, no, I don't like this, and— <laughs> the whole thing is kind of silly. But...
1: It's have the, you seen the Exorcist? It's the, the demon Exorcist? inside yes, that the doesn't de- like it, Abe. It's not the person. Have you
2: seen the Exorcist? The I... movie, The Exorcist.
0: Don't know. I may not have seen that. Oh, is, that it's so is that a good, good one? Because this one yeah, was. Yeah, you got to yes. put that.
1: You got to put that on the list. Okay. You got to watch The Exorcist.
0: All right. Well, I will then. I also uh, watched. Uh, I think I mentioned it last week uh, that some people were recommending it. Uh, Netflix had the show called Beef, and it was yeah. kind of like this. Road rage thing spirals out of control. Stories. It's kind of bonkers the sequence of events, but it was entertaining. I was able it's to the watch.
1: it's the Asian fella from Walking Dead, yes. right? Yes, And,
0: and you Ali Wong.
2: stopped saying that.
1: Why can't I say Asian fella or black fella or or whatever fella? Why do you object so much to me? What, what, uh, I
2: get, the reason is because I know what you're doing. I'm is not doing anything. No, you don't know that you're that you're doing it, but you're doing it. The racist dad in Jerry Maguire, Jerry O'Connell's character's dad, when he decided not to sign with Jerry, he said, I saw you in the lobby, you were with the black fella. And that's exactly oh, what you're doing, even if you didn't that. know you're doing it, and I wish you would stop. And I've asked you <laughs> a hundred times, and you're like, eh, I don't listen to women.
0: Uh, that's not what's going on here. I'm just... Well, uh, anyway, Bob, do do not uh, uh, walk out into a protest or anything where uh, you can be <laughs> misconstrued, because I can imagine people piecing together past Bob and Ape show episodes. Ah, oh, the black blackfellow, yeah, yeah. whatever his name is. Uh, uh,
1: anyway, uh, Stephen Yuen or something. Yeah. Yuen, uh, he's the he's the lead character, and he gets into a, a back and forth, an escalating, angry back and forth. With someone who cuts him off or something yes. in the car, right?
0: Yeah. People just have this so road good. Rage. Did you it, watch it, the whole it's thing? It's entertaining. Yeah. It, it's a good watch. I mean, the, the plot, it
2: becomes ridiculous after a while. We're like, oh, come on. How can this happen? Right. There's a lot of that. But- I watched, I watched the second season of Russian Doll, and it was very good. Oh, nice. It's time travel.
1: Why didn't we watch that? Because I enjoyed Russian Doll. Because you Russian don't
2: doll. want to watch things with me. All you do when we watch things is complain that it's television. I mean, so, why would I wait for you to watch the things I want to watch?
1: I enjoyed Russian Doll. You're very angry with me yeah. tonight. I'm not sure why. Actually, because I have you a, tell me things I'm about your Because you tell me things about your life it on that the we podcast. Have. I don't
2: know. A, what's a normal <laughs> amount of plastic bags to keep? What's a normal <laughs> amount of Ziploc bags to just hang on to?
1: So uh, listeners will recall, uh, close, careful listeners of the show will recall.
2: Some of them are on the floor, and some of them are in another larger bag, two of them in the closet.
1: During the pandemic, our children stayed home for school for a year, and part of that involved getting from the school once a month a a crate full of school items and activities that were always delivered— In multiple Ziploc bags. The entire elementary school curriculum, times four, was delivered into this very room for a year in individual Ziploc bags. And that sounds ridiculous when I say it out loud. Two years ago. But that's what happened for a full year. And they're perfectly good and still largely clean and usable. Also
2: true. They're usable. They're usable. And yet, they're in the basement of my house. Probably
1: not like food grade any longer. Plastic okay. bags. But like.
2: Any longer?
1: At no point were they food grade <laughs> after they had the school supplies in them. Right. But I agree. They shouldn't be here any longer. What happened is they were stuffed there up into the top of the closet. And at some point in the last couple weeks, uh they they burst from themselves oh. because of course, the best storage for They're probably
2: oxidizing a or something plastic
1: bag is to stuff it into another plastic bag, and so, so somehow it like bloomed and it is now spread out from the top of the shelf down onto the floor of the basement i I'll clean it up it's fine I don't I, think I wish
2: the people and a lot of them have I wish you guys could see how much shit is in our house. It is so much shit.
1: All good, useful stuff. Uh, okay. If we'll have... you guys want to
2: come and get it, you're welcome to it. Everyone can come take all the shit from our house.
1: As I've done before when I have to send someone something... I often just include random weird shit from my house. Like, but at, when did you send had,
2: someone anything? You're talking know. about 15 years ago. From time
1: to time. Every time that I've sent somebody something, I've included a DVD that I no longer have any use for. Oh, go. <laughs> we got
2: the Blu-ray with with just, or whatever of it.
1: Uh, it's a very fun game for me to just it's include a good game. A, a I like random that movie game. in some Why packaging. Why don't you
2: send them 5,000 plastic bags? I will also
1: do that. We I, could
2: use them as the shipping packet the padding yeah anyway i'm not See, watching she's i'm thinking, not waiting like for
1: you she she wants to use ziploc bags as packing material the difference That's is brilliant. that i would
2: fucking do it or i would throw them away yes. the trash is coming tomorrow there's no reason they shouldn't just be out in the trash can on the street
1: <laughs> anyway uh lori watched.
2: anyway i'm not waiting for you to watch <laughs> things i want to watch because all you end up doing is complaining
1: I liked the first season of Russian Doll. Natasha, Natasha Leone is uh, very charming. I'd watch it charming. again.
2: I got plenty of school shit to do. You could watch it while I do school. I've seen it already, but know, you don't want to do that. It's you don't season. actually yeah. want to watch TV. You dislike TV. You say it every time we talk about it. Gotta
1: watch the Braves. Uh, anyway, I also didn't go watch a movie this weekend. Uh, I guilted myself into not going to see Bo is Afraid, which is apparently thematically appropriate. This is a movie about a very anxious guy who is uh, extremely guilt-ridden in various ways. And I was—as I was, as we talked earlier about me going to the grocery store and running into somebody undesirable. Actually, we didn't talk about it during the show, but uh, just rest assured, listeners, we had a conversation about— uh, uh, awkward social interactions with people you don't want to hang just out don't with.
2: don't want any friends.
1: Uh, I was at the grocery store, which is right across the street from the movie theater, and I was like, oh, that Bo is Afraid movie is out. Lori does not like Joaquin Phoenix I at really all. I
2: really think he shouldn't be in movies. I love is Joaquin it Phoenix. Is Gladiator uh, acting? No, it's because of every single thing I've ever seen him in, except I mean, her was okay, I guess, but it would have been better if it was someone besides him. I just really Lori, don't like Lori him. Lori loved
1: her, actually. That's the one where uh, he's
0: trying to fuck a computer, right? I haven't yeah, seen that. Yeah, he's trying
2: to fuck the AI. Yeah, uh, I liked it. It's just that if he hadn't been in it, it would have been better. Right.
1: Anyway, Joaquin Phoenix is terrific. I've never seen a movie that he was in that I didn't think he was excellent in, except probably Gladiator. Uh, So, uh, Gladiator accepted. I love Joaquin Phoenix movies. You like them in signs? Yeah, sure. It's fine. Uh, And like all of the other good ones, too. The Master, fucking spectacular. The Joker movie, awesome. He's very good. He's fully committed. Bo is Afraid is the sort of movie that I would like to see. It was playing. And it was going to be playing at 7 o'clock, and I texted you at 6 o'clock, and you let me down. You didn't text me back. I said, Abe, should I go see this movie? And Why didn't
2: you text me? I'm your wife.
1: Because I knew that your input would be, sure, whatever, I don't care, because I don't want to see that movie. But I decided ultimately that like, I, I guilted myself into not going because I couldn't justify spending the money when we have just a literal endless stream of entertainment that we already pay for at home. So I stayed home, didn't go see Bo is afraid. Instead. I watched the last, like I thought that I was nearly done with return of the King. Nope. turns out I had two and a half hours to go (laughs) in return of the King, The the four hour, 20 minute movie. Uh, but I watched that and it was enjoyable. My criticism of it remains, I think, the same sort of feeling that I had watching it the first time, which is that it really should have ended like six times before it actually yes. ended. Yeah. And all of the sort of epilogue stuff, given what we knew was to come with these movies, which is home release and like extended cuts and all of that, like they really could have just stopped it. Uh, well before they actually ended up stopping it. Granted, I'm watching the extended cut, but like even in the theatrical release, I think that the movie should have ended a good twenty or thirty minutes before it actually did. I
2: was out of town because I did a ten mile race. By the way, nothing oh, bad nice. was happening.
1: Why would anything? Oh, yeah, people would assume bad shit was we're happening we're with being all this shit cryptic that you're about talking about. Where I was, yeah, Lori was just running a race up there in Northern Virginia.
2: I ran from. The Mount Vernon to Old Town Alexandria on the GW Parkway it was lovely. Bob, I got I then got home and Bob was like, "Oh, you were really slow."
1: Well, not a great competitive time, certainly that you ran. Uh, I also I also watched both of the American Masters documentaries that are on HBO Max about Mike Nichols. Uh, I did that on Saturday night as well. Mike Nichols, of course, is the famous director of The Graduate, among uh, many other great American movies.
2: I watched a documentary, four episodes, four hours, called Secrets of the Chippendales Murders, which, oh. not knowing anything about the Chippendales Murders, it was all new information. It's on Hulu. It's a good one. Four there hours. More than,
0: there, there was more than one murder of Chippendale dancers?
2: There weren't. It wasn't dancers. Bringing
1: whole whole new uh, levels of meaning to the phrase, uh, the genre uh, murder porn.
2: It wasn't. It wasn't dancers that got murdered. It was okay. like one of the suits, and it was a whole thing. It was crazy. It was the '80s. What can you do?
1: Uh, you should check out the American Masters Mike Nichols stuff because he was a fascinating dude, a very bright guy, and like a. a fundamentally a person who really understood this country in a way that a lot of people don't. And he made movies that, in a weird way, I don't know why watching it made me think of this, but in the same way that David Bowie, to me, like redeems the concept of the pop star because of what he's able to do with with music... Mike Nichols, like, redeems the concept of movies with what, what he's he able do? to communicate. The Graduate and uh. Uh, and a, a number of other uh, plays and movies. Uh, but Mike Nichols was fucking brilliant. And li- just listening to him talk in interviews is an absolute joy and worth checking out. Let's see. And I guess Succession. we need to talk about Succession as well. Episode five of the final season in which... The Roy brothers uh, prove themselves to be just as dumb and bad at this as we thought they were all yes. along and get absolutely played by uh, the Scarsguard guy who uh, redeems or, or confirms, rather, my long standing uh, suspicion about all Scarsguards, which oh, is yeah? that they are creepy sex pests every scars guard in every movie you're just waiting for the moment they're
2: just murderers when
1: they reveal themselves to either be a murderer or a creepy sex pest and if you are uh, draining yourself of your blood half a liter at a time and freezing it into bricks and then sending it to your ex-girlfriend you're somewhere along the continuum of a creepy sex pest and an eventual murderer. I'm certain of it.
0: I, uh, For some reason, when he was going into that with Shiv, uh, I was like for sure thinking this is just some sort of made-up thing. Like he's just trying to gauge I, a reaction. I, I, or I do
1: actually sh- think that is still a plausible theory to hold on to. I think he might have been making this up as well, uh, but it is just as plausible to me. Uh, that he's not so right, because
0: the the person he's sending this blood to is like his pr person also or right.
1: <laughs> the communications director <laughs> yeah. at his uh big multinational social media firm or whatever right uh, not 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 best practices uh. and,
0: and she's uh you know earlier uh the only other time they showed her or i think they showed her a couple of times but like she didn't seem happy like they i thought they're just kind of just jokey oh you're not gonna leave this company we treat you so well we pay you so well but she was kind of like ah yeah. fuck this and then probably he and
1: that. i thought that is is uh probably the best scene in the episode was shiv's one-on-one with uh the scars swede fella
0: speaking of which so what is your take at the end there like was he just fucking with him on the on, on he's gonna sell it higher than what they were even asking just so he can kind of smooth things over was he just doing that just to fuck with him and renege on it like what was that at the end no Where no they... he
1: just wants to win he's just logan and he said the big number and now he wins right and they they thought that they walked off the mountain having won and he ultimately just follows shiv's advice right what is the advice that shiv gives him in that conversation the obvious is, ec-
0: yeah throw the, a little it, more
1: money the obvious answer is make it very clear to not just them but to everyone that you absolutely want this, and the only way to do that is to throw a little bit more money at the situation, and that's what he ends up doing, and it works because he he goes around the boys. He delivers the number to the old guard rather than delivering it directly to Kendall, and he delivers it only as good news for everyone involved and it seems like now uh, it would take a, a sort of colossal stupid effort by Kendall or Roman or them in concert to find a way to tank this thing and not make right. the sale go through
0: but it seems like that that's the direction that they're going with Roman like not being able to contain himself like by just acting out because maybe I
1: just I, to me once I mean I don't know how the last is it four or five episodes that we have left are going to play out but I suspect that uh this sale ends up going through and they're left uh, with nothing but a big old pile of money. Uh,
2: Which, like, is are we supposed to be sad for people with a big pile of money?
0: Right. Because, I mean, they... Because you know, I'm
2: not sad for them.
0: Because only they, you know, because, yeah, like, the brothers, uh, only the Skarsgård guy n- knows what he's doing. To You know, like, I'm going to get the deal because I'm, I'm going to make it to where you can't turn this down. But like to everyone else, it's like oh, you had a talk and you goose yeah, the price they up look even like further. It's like it's oh, they did a good job. Yeah, you stuck the landing, boys. Like, you know, like, they, they don't look bad as a result. Only, like, he, like, you know, I went around you, fuck you guys, I get what I want. But, like, right, everyone but else. To these
1: these sort of fucking ambitious monsters, all that matters is walking out feeling like you've won. And it, <sighs> it confirms everything that Kendall hates about himself when this guy fucking wins, right? He yep. knows that he's not half the man his father was in this one particular way, right? Like, Skarsgård is obviously meant to basically stand in as Logan here in these in this scene and and it all like whatever again this is a show that's repeating itself because it believes that these characters are who they are and fundamentally can never change and it's probably right about that and i sort of enjoyed watching them come to believe in themselves briefly only only to have the the rug pulled out right from under them uh, at the moment of their greatest triumph of course i did that's an enjoyable thing uh, to watch happen to less than uh, upstanding individuals. Again, I don't know what the last half of this season is going to look like, given that this is where we are now.
0: Yeah, it seemed like uh, all of a sudden there are too many episodes left. Because, like, what else is there...
1: Right, we've got, like, the presidential election, and I guess that the way that Roman gets himself in trouble is that he had some sort of open back end with the dirty presidential campaign of the hateful Republican type. And so, like, he's going to get himself in trouble somehow that way. And maybe it'll, like, I don't know. Maybe they end up costing themselves some money, and that becomes the way that the series ends. Right. And they're certainly setting Shiv up now to look like she's in very great shape, which is funny because, of course, we have the triumph of the brothers in the last episode, and then she feels like she's on the outs. And now in this episode, we have the triumph of Shiv, and they feel like they're on the outs. And presumably, this is all going to end in pain for for all involved.
0: And and, and going with that uh, theme, then there should be a triumphant episode of the presidential candidate, right? Or did he already have that with the marriage? Like that was his peak?
1: Oh, for Connor? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I would more imagine more disrespect
0: that... uh, towards him. Like they're calling their own. That, that's a. I mean, like maybe this is true. In it's just such a weird thing to to treat your sibling like that. At that, age. it just seems like come on, right. this is your brother.
1: I did like uh, the Hugo character had some terrific lines in this episode. The yeah. the dirtbag head of PR. Uh, the
2: guy who was in the original Super Mario Brothers movie.
1: Was he in that movie?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Weird. Fisher Stevens is the actor's name. Anyway, favorite. you uh, you got anything else for us tonight, Abe? Nope. Well, I guess that's all we've got for tonight. Then we will talk to you next time. Later. I forgot to mention uh, the John Ronson.
2: I don't think you did.
1: Podcast uh, called. I think
2: you remembered to mention it?
1: No, I think I mentioned it before the show started. The debutante. And everybody should check that out. Abe, I want to play a very quick clip uh-huh. for you, because taken out of context, uh, I've laughed about this uh, like six times today.
2: Well, Carol was convalescing, she started calling a local telephone answering service called Dial a Racist. Every day, a particular neo-Nazi would record a racist outgoing message on his answer phone, and then other racists would call in to listen to it. <laughs>
1: I couldn't cool. get over that. She would call, dial, like, this is a thing. This is not a fake thing. This was a thing that existed in the 1990s. She would call a service that let her listen to racist rants. So, like, before the Internet, there was a guy who set up a phone number who would just leave 20-minute long racist rants on a on a answering machine and then other people would call it up and listen to it
0: Could they and, would find comfort in the messages like, and like, oh. John
1: Ronson got to say that out loud as, <laughs> as like as though he's just explaining something for people who haven't heard it before but of course everyone knows about dial a racist
2: that's the clip from Jerry Maguire that you keep
1: you were in the lobby
2: with the black fella
1: I don't talk the way that guy talks. That's yes, not fair. Yes, you
0: do. <laughs> You've recorded yourself so you can hear it better.
1: The way that he says that is obviously more offensive than the way that I ever say it.
2: You he, have to understand that that's what you sound like when you say that.
1: Abe, have you clicked on that oh, clip?
0: That is a good pull, Lori. Do I? How dare you?
1: Do I sound like that guy? Do I say it in the threatening manner that that person says it? I <laughs> With say a it,
2: black fellow.
1: I say it jovially. That person is you not at all jovial. You referencing someone doing it
2: not jovial. Sorry, I
1: apparently can't get through the word Djibouti without uh, losing the thread and laughing, because that's a hilarious name for a country.
0: <laughs> yeah, they didn't do it on purpose. A lot of, a lot of Djibouti jokes growing up because it's uh, next to Somalia.
1: I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Djibouti. What about your booty? My booty. <laughs> that's,
0: that's, that's yeah. That's how it went.
1: That sort of thing.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's it. Five minute episode. We're good. The proceeding was created with 100% human content.